Hello and welcome to this Life Changes podcast. You are now listening to one of our Sunday messages. If you'd like to know more about Life Changes, you can visit us on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram. Now lean in and enjoy. Life is tough for a pastor, eh? Life is very tough. Uh, I'm thinking of changing uh, careers. To be honest with you, I actually uh, asked my daughter this morning, I got dressed, I felt quite snazzy, I'm wearing some snazzy shoes, and I asked my daughter, how do I look? And she said, you look like a pastor. <laughs> I'm like, you're kidding me. That is not, that's not what I was going for, but that's cool, this is apparently what pastors look like now, um, but that's, that's all good. My name is Quinton, uh, I'm part of the leadership team here at Life Changes Church, it's so cool to have you here this morning. Uh, they have uh, built a new stage for me uh, to box me in a bit, which is cool. So I've got two paces uh, while I preach <laughs> this morning. And uh, this series that we've been that we've been on the, over the last couple of months, this move of the mountains, has been it's been incredible. Uh, actually, Daz was talking this morning, just saying how this series has just action faith in him, and and I trust that is. Am I echoing? I trust that, uh, that there haven't just been some cool sermons over the last weeks and months, but I really trust that something in you has been actioned. Um, faith needs action. Yeah. Otherwise, it's otherwise just some nice words. Um, and then this morning, I get to preach, which is cool. I see Mark goes away, I get to preach. Uh, <laughs> so maybe you should go away more. No, Kansas saying, no, no, you mustn't go away more. Uh, but he'll be back next week, uh, and then Kansas is going to be putting her feet up for the next month uh, as Mark gets to do everything, absolutely everything. You know he's going to get back, he's going to get sick, you know. You know he's going to go, oh, I'm so tired. No, I'm joking, he's going to be strong, he's going to be great. I mean, look at him, he's hanging out in Niagara Falls. Um, I, <laughs> we, had a, we had a guest preacher here a few years ago. And he was talking about Niagara Falls. He did not say Niagara. I'm just saying. It was a very funny moment. Um, I'm going to leave it at that. But um, he struggled to bring that one back again after (laughs) saying the wrong word. Um, But it's good. So today, I am going to preach about something that is really dear to my heart. It's dear to my wife's heart. It's dear to many of our... (laughs) My wife, is it? Um, It's dear to many of our hearts. And I trust this morning... That, um, that God's going to do something in your heart this morning. I'm preaching on adoption, which is, uh, which is beautiful. Um, I wish you had seen my daughter this morning, though, who was uh, crying because uh, I told her to zip her jacket. Um, she wasn't that beautiful in that moment. But yes, adoption is beautiful. I, people often ask us, why? Why, why did you adopt? And, and how did you get to this point of adopting? Um, why did you make that decision? I've even had some people say, you know, why did you, you can have your own kids. Why did you adopt? And I think they all are valid questions. And I'd love to, before we kind of get into a bit of a preach this morning, I'd love to share just a little bit of a story with you. I can't share everything with you because there just is so much. I need a couple of hours. But in terms of some background story, and I think some of this stuff is really cool. Because it's just kind of indicative of how God speaks to people and how God moves in people's lives. But in April 2013, we had a visiting uh, minister. His name is Julian Adams. Uh, for those of you who don't know Julian, 
He's an incredible minister. He's a very prophetic man. Uh, he's, he's about this tall. I think my wife and him look at each other in the eye. So he's, he's not a tall man, and he's a little bit pudgy, um, but just a, an incredible minister. And, um, and he ministered that whole weekend, and as he was preaching, he preached on a Friday night, uh, and in a few on a Sunday, and, and as he was preaching, he, being a prophetic man, he's not very structured. He doesn't have three points, as other people do. I'm not going to have three points today, I'm just letting you know. I have six. Can you, I've doubled up this morning. But in any case, he's, he, he's, he's not a very strong, and every now and then as he's preaching along, he'd, he'd kind of chase a squirrel. And, and he'd throw in some of these things every now and then, and every now and then he'd throw in some things about adoption. And uh, in a way, he was, um, he, was, he was telling some truths about adoption, and in a way, almost rebuking the church regarding the adoption. And um, so he told us some things like, if you have, you know, most of us think, well, our houses are full, yeah, I've got no money, kids cost a lot of money. As far as he's concerned, none of that matters. You can adopt. If you have a child, if each one of your children has a bedroom, you've got plenty of space. You can adopt. Children can share bedrooms, you can adopt. And so he would go on that weekend, and then he'd make some even harder statements. He, um, he said to us on a Sunday night, kind of stopped and looked at us and said, actually, as Christians, we don't have the right to stand against abortion if we're not willing to be part of the solution. And it really, oof, it was hard. It's hard. He said, you, you, can't go and, you can't go outside the abortion clinics with your placards and have things to say or get onto Facebook if you're not willing to walk into that clinic and tell that young girl that you're willing to take her baby. And um, those were some harsh truths. And he continued to minister over the weekend. And then on a Saturday, we got together, a few of the leaders of the church, uh, and we were outside in the courtyard. And we sat in a nice big circle, as uh, we do in, as Christians, that we love, love a circle. Um, <laughs> and, um, and he was ministering, and he was teaching a little bit, and he, he started to prophesy over some people. And it really was an incredible time. He really just uh, spoke amazing words of affirmation. Uh, over people, and, and it really was beautiful. Uh, and then he stopped, and he looked at my wife and I, and, and I, my heart started to pound. <laughs> and I, all I could I remember thinking, Lord, please just do not send me to India. Uh, <laughs> I, I love living in Cape Town. Ah, please, Lord. And, uh, <laughs> and, and in that moment, he said to us, <laughs> I'm going to India, yeah. Um, he said, it's only the second time I'm going to say prophesy this over someone. I'm like, oh, my word. And um, he looked at us and he said, I don't believe your family is over. I don't believe your family has stopped growing. And in that moment, I looked at him and I thought to myself, this prophet man has lost it. <laughs> my wife started shrieking. Not for joy. Yeah, she was, I thought she was going to get out of that chair and smack that prophet guy. Because she did not accept that word one little bit. Uh, nor did I, I'll be honest with you. Um, as far as I was concerned, you know, we needed a minor miracle. We had, our, our, our last child, Annabelle, uh, was by a C-section. And we'd agreed with the gynae that Lou would get sewn up. Uh, and the, 
yes, it's all good. Uh, all those things are sewn up. And we said, we're closed. The shop is closed. I actually decided then and there, I'm making an appointment on the Monday to go get the snip as well. Because if God's going to do anything, he's going to have to perform a major miracle here. This is not happening. We are not having another child. I'll be honest, I took that, that prophecy. And all of us Christians have this. We've got a prophecy, file 13, for dodgy words. <laughs> Put that in there. And we agreed, no way, that's it. And we left it. That was it. Almost two years later, after that, it was the end of March 2015, we had another couple of people come visit us. Oh, these visitors, eh? We've got to actually stop this. Um, a couple called Rich and, and Jackie Mungavin, who lead a church called Anthem in, in Durban, they're very different to Julian. Um, and they're very structured. Um, and they, they have seven kids, and Jackie's written a book about parenting. I think she's got a right to do that, um, up to seven. And they had a, a little session on a Saturday morning. It was a little bit of a parenting course. Uh, we hadn't advertised it particularly well, so there was hardly anyone here. But it was cool, and, and, and I sat down and started listening, taking some notes. Always need some good pointers uh, on parenting kids. And they then started talking about their daughter that they had adopted, and in that moment, I just felt God say to me, my boy, that's what I meant. When I said your family is not over, when I said your family is not finished growing, I meant you are going to adopt. And I, I didn't hear anything else that they said that entire morning. I just felt God almost physically grab hold of my heart and start massaging it as he started to speak to me and minister to me about adoption. We went home after that, and we were, kind of, we were going to a lunch, and I, and I quickly just said to Lou, do you think that word we got two years ago meant we, were, we needed to adopt? She looked at me and said, welcome, my boy. I knew this a couple months ago. I've been waiting for you to get on the same page. I'm so glad you are finally here. No one likes a smarty pants, eh? No one likes a smarty pants. But, but God had been speaking to her, and suddenly we were at the same point. But how cool is that? In April 2013, we had a man come and prophesy that our family wasn't over. Two years later, we had this couple come and speak to us about adoption. And I, I do repent, because my wife told me all these dates, and I said, oh, it was just coincidence. A week after Jackie and Rich were here, our Liberty Grace was born. And we had no idea at the time. And um, so started our process of adoption. I'm not going to give you all the stories because there's too much. But suffice to say, on the 30th of October 2015, we went and fetched Liberty Grace from her home that she had spent the last six months in. Libby was then dedicated that very next Sunday, so it just so happened that we'd a, a, arranged a dedication service that Sunday. Uh, we hadn't arranged it for Libby. Uh, it just happened, the timing was perfect. We fetched her on the Friday, and she was dedicated on the Sunday. I've got a couple of pictures. Actually, you want to just put a couple of them up? Um, I might get into trouble. I haven't, actually, I haven't actually run these by my wife. You know, you're supposed to always check, because uh, you never know it's the right side. Um, 
<laughs> but that is at the home. We had just met her. Um, and it was a very, very precious moment. Um, if you skip on to the next slide, uh, that's our two older ones, Matt and Belle, um, giving their new little sister some love. Since then, it's been a combination of smacks and love. <laughs> but that's good. That's family. And then the last slide is just all of us together. And that was on the Sunday at the dedication service as we dedicated Liberty Grace. I'm going to get back, and I'm gonna, I've got a couple more things to say about our adoption story, but it's time to actually preach a little bit uh, and, and to stop you guys from falling asleep. I'm going to ask you to stand, as Gabriel does, and we're just going to read through some scripture. So Galatians 4 says this, But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his Son, born of woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent the Spirit of his Son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a son, and if a son than an heir through God. For those of you who are maybe not familiar with biblical language, when we say son, we're not just referring to men. It is for women as well. Sonship includes men and women. The next scripture is Romans. It's very similar. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. I read that scripture yesterday, and I thought, Paul was doing so well until that last sentence. <laughs> For those of you, I encourage you to go home and read Romans 8. The rest of it, it does... It does get better again. But to be honest with you, that last line there, I'll let you sit, sit in a second. That last line about suffering partly is referring to adoption. And I'm going to talk about that in a second. You may be seated. There are two aims this morning. Because some of you are sitting here going, that's amazing that you adopted a little girl, but we're not adopting. That's fine. But there are two aims this morning. The first aim is for all of us, because all of us need to consider and embrace the wonder of our adoption. We have been adopted into the family of God through Jesus Christ. We need to get that thing. We need revelation of our adoption. And then the second thing is just that. I'm trusting this morning that there are those of you here that are considering adoption. And I'm trusting that this morning that that thing will be settled and sealed and that you will go through the process of adopting. And I'm trusting that there are others of you here this morning that God will speak to you if you haven't considered it before. Because the fact of the matter is, by adopting, we are then living in the overflow of the inheritance that we have in Jesus Christ. We are living in the inheritance of Jesus 
Christ. We need the revelation of adoption this morning because it cements our identity as sons and daughters. If you do not get that you're adopted, you're going to struggle with your identity. Adoption is at the heart of the gospel. You can move that slide on, Chris. Adoption is at the heart of the gospel. It is central to the gospel. In that scripture we read about in Galatians 4, it says that he, it was God's plan all along. He sent his son to pay the ultimate price for you so that you may be adopted into his family. That is the gospel. The gospel is about adoption. You know, it's very interesting. God uses two concepts in the Bible when he talks about us entering into his family. The first is new birth. We're familiar with that. And it's, it's language that gets used, especially when people are saved, when they come to salvation and say yes to Jesus. And then there's a process of, of baptism. We use that language of the old is gone, the new has come, you are born again. We're all familiar with that. Yeah? A new child in Christ, a new child in God. But then he goes on in the scriptures to start referring to us as adopted. He could have left it at new birth. But he moves it on to this concept of adoption. Adoption in itself, though, cannot just be adoption. Adoption is a combination of adoption and new birth. Because when you are adopted into his family, it's as if you were born into that family. So both concepts of new birth, new creation, and adoption are critical to our identity in Christ. So what I want to do this morning is I want to draw some parallels between our adoption of God adopting us and us adopting children. Is that good? Yeah. I have six points this morning, uh, not just three, but my points are relatively short. So I'm not going to keep you here all morning. Louise loves it when I said the short points, which is good. Yeah. The first point this morning. You can move it on, Chris. Number one. Adoption was for God and is for us costly. God paid the ultimate price in order for us to be adopted. The ultimate price. There was no bigger price to be paid. He paid the ultimate price so that you and I can be called adopted sons and daughters. And the fact of the matter is there are huge costs to us adopting children. And I'm not talking financial. Kids cost money. We all know that. I mean, I know when we speak to parents that are thinking about conceiving children, they always say, well, I think we're going to hold off a bit till we can afford it. You can never afford it. It's just the fact that you'll never be able to afford it. They are really expensive little things. <laughs> I'm not talking about the cost, financial cost of adoption this morning. I've shared that, that story with you in terms of how we came to adopt Libby. And it's really beautiful. It's amazing how God spoke and how he brought people into our lives. What I haven't told you, I haven't told you about the emotional cost. I haven't told you about the insecurities that God had to deal with in both my wife and I, more me than her. If I had to share some of the things that were on me while we were waiting for the process to play out, you would judge me. 
But every little insecurity that existed in me just popped. Some crazy things that I never thought existed in me. And then we adopted her, and it was beautiful. But I haven't told you about how difficult it has been sometimes. I haven't told you of how she rejected Lou many times. And how that, how that ripped my wife's heart apart. And how this precious little girl started playing us against each other. I know most of you know would never think that that's true. Because you see the cute. <laughs> we, our marriage was under huge strain. As this little girl started manipulating us. We, uh, we thought we were good. And the fact of the matter is, it wasn't her fault. There were obviously things in our marriage that we needed to deal with. And she just exposed those things. Adopting is extremely costly. We had some big fights in our marriage in the early days of her, of her adoption. And that had a massive impact on our other kids. I remember times when we were just, we would say, is there any way we can give this child back? So you guys see the, see those photos up there, it just looks so amazing. It's very, very costly. But you know what? There is something very deep and very right about embracing the cost for the life of a child. Because the Father in heaven did it for us. God's cost to adopt us was infinitely greater than any cost we will endure in adopting and raising children. We embrace this cost in Jesus because we believe that he will be glorified. Point number two. Adoption did for God and does for us involve the legal status of the child. There were legal realities God had to deal with before he could adopt us. His own justice and law demanded that we be punished. God cannot change what he has put into place because that is his only plan. God can't turn around and go, oh, that probably wasn't the great law. I'm going to repeal that law. Men, we do that, yeah? Yeah? So we'll review law, we'll have a look, we'll say, oh, you know what, that worked 20 years ago, it doesn't work so well now. In fact, there's times when we look at law and we go, actually, that law was implemented by evil men, and that law needs to be completely re-looked at. Apartheid, for example. So we get to do that as men because we're men and we're human and we make mistakes. God does not make mistakes. His law, His justice had to be dealt with. Our sin needed to be punished. That is the end of the story. But God had a plan. (laughs) The fact of the matter is this, and you need to get this. As sons and daughters of God, you need to get this, that your legal status preceded your experience of getting to know God. You were legally a son and legally a daughter before you ever came to God and understood I actually have these unctions towards God. I have these feelings towards God. 
And when you have moments of doubt and disbelief and all those things, remember that there is a document that says you are legally adopted. You are legally adopted. You need to get that. It is critical. When we adopt children, the legal transactions proceed and underpin the growth of family affections. We are legally sons before we enjoy the joy of sonship. We are legally sons before we enjoy the joy of sonship. It's very important that you get that. I want to read something to you. This is a letter. I'm not reading the whole thing, although it's not very long. But this is from the Registrar of Adoptions. It's written to my wife and I. And it says the following. It says, according to the provisions of Section 242 of the Children's Act, your adopted child is now for all purposes regarded as your child, as if born to you. And you are now for all purposes regarded as the parent of the adopted child. That's not just for Libby and for us as parents. This is for all of us. This is for all of us. God has a legal document that says for all purposes, you are his as if born to him. Number three, adoption was and is blessed with the pouring out of God's spirit of sonship. God does not leave us in the condition of aliens. He doesn't just give us that legal document and tell you, go, when you're in doubt, when you're not, oh, I'm not sure. Lord, I'm, I need help. Actually, son, just remind yourself that you're adopted. He doesn't just leave you there. He sends his son's spirit. In the word, it says God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. No one knows the Father like Jesus. No one. So what does he do? He says, well, have my son's spirit so that your, so that your love and your affection for me can be awakened. So first we are legally adopted, and then he sends his spirit so that we can, these affections for our Father in heaven can begin to grow. You will, if you do not have the Spirit of God in you, there will be no affection for the Father. You need His Spirit so that your affection for Him can grow. In the same way, we are not going to frame this and put it on Libby's wall so that when she is struggling, we say, listen, my girl, just go and read the letter to remind you that you're adopted. But what we do do is we trust God that His Spirit pervades our family and that affections within the family, that love within the family continue to grow and that she will know that she is loved and that she is part of a family. See, by the Spirit of God, the affections grow, the hurt is healed, and we move from glory to glory, not for Libby's sake, not for our sake, but for God's glory. See, adoption is not about the child. It's not about us as parents. It's about God's glory. It's all about the glory of God. That is important. (laughs) I cannot stress that enough. Number four. Adoption brought us and brings our children 
the rights of being heirs of the Father. Romans said this, I read it earlier, the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, then heirs. Heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ. We get everything that Jesus gets in inheritance. How incredible is that? We are fellow heirs with Christ Jesus. There's that small matter of suffering, but we're not going to focus on that today. But I want to tell you this. I mean, I, I don't know if I'm going to be able to leave my kids much of an inheritance, um, financially that is. But I do trust that we're able to give them the inheritance of the kingdom. I trust that we're able to show them God's love to such an extent that they find inheritance in Christ Jesus because then we've done our work. Then our work is complete as parents. If there's some money left over in the end, that's fine. But who cares about that? Number five. Adoption was for God as it is for us. Seriously planned. Ephesians says this, Ephesians chapter 1, says, In love, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace. It was always God's plan. There was no plan B. There was no, oh, I made a mistake. It was always his plan. He knew that we would not be worthy. He knew that we would be vile in our sin, but yet he chose to sacrifice his son for our adoption. See, his plan was creation, fall, redemption, and adoption. That was always the plan. And he did this so that we would, we would receive and we would be able to live in the full range of his glory, the full range of his mercy, the full range of his grace. Complete. The A plan. There is something uniquely precious about giving birth to a child. We can't deny that. But I want to tell you this today. There is something different but uniquely precious about adopting a child. If you have chosen to adopt, it may be sequentially second. You may have chosen to first conceive a child and then to adopt, so it might be the second part of the plan, but it is not secondary. It is not secondary in any way. It is just as precious and just as significant and is as having children by birth. The reality is, adoption is a process. It is. There are many forms that you're going to have to fill out. There are many meetings that you're going to have to have. There are some insecurities that you're going to have to deal with. We have to plan it. It's not just something that we do. When we went to fetch Libby, um, it was obviously a day full of a lot of emotion. We were called by the social workers on the Tuesday. They said to us, we think you ha we have a match. Uh, actually, no, it was a Friday. Then we went in and they said, come see us on the Tuesday, please. Yeah. Cool. We went in on the Tuesday. They said, 
we think you've got a match. They gave us some history. We looked at each other and we said, well, we feel God's called us to this thing. So that's obviously the baby. That's our baby. They then shared us some pictures with her. And, um, and then they said, you can get it on Friday. And like, <laughs> that's you know, you sure that's good for her? <laughs> yeah, um, that was very, very, this was scary. But we had gone through this process. We had been through this process. We had been planning and God had been working in us. So actually we were ready. And when we went to go and collect her, it was quite, it was such a cool thing. The social worker said, you know, what are you going to do is you already have children of your own. We're, when you go to the home to, to, to meet her for the first time, we're going to take your kids in and they're going to go meet her first. And it was really special um, and, uh, and they loved it. And, and then it was time for us. And, and you know, the thing with men is men are, we are simple creatures. That, <laughs> that part we're going to delete. <laughs> but we're relatively simple creatures. And um, I mean, I remember the birth of our first two. Those paternal feelings didn't kick in until I actually saw them. It is different with ladies. Ladies are a little bit more complex. And uh, I remember we were saying we were waiting for her to come out of the room now. And uh, I saw this little arm, one of the ladies were carrying her, and I just saw this little arm come around the corner. And that was it. That was it. I was done. I was her dad. She was my daughter. And I would protect her for the rest of my life. All those insecurities were dealt with. That was my little princess. And so started the journey. But it was seriously planned in and through God. Point number six. We're almost done. <laughs> Some of you looking at that point going, what? <laughs> Is that how we end? <laughs> Ephesians 2 says that we are children of wrath. See, God did not find us wrapped in a blanket on a little on the front porch, all cute and cuddly. We were ugly, we were evil, we were rebellious. We were really not attractive at all. We would not be easy children to deal with. And what's worse, God was angry because God hates sin. And yet, these were the children that God chose to pursue. All of God's adoptions crossed a greater moral and cultural divide than any of our adoptions ever could. He did it way before we did. He has dealt with it. I'm not going to share Libby's story with you. Some of our close friends know. But I don't have to tell you that there are kids that are waiting to be adopted that have some some really hectic stories that they never asked for. They were just born. As we went through our adoption process, 
we learned that it was really important that we were able to accept the story of the baby because we have to share that story with them. It's not something you can hide from them. In the old days, adoption was a taboo subject. We'd just keep it quiet. We don't keep it quiet anymore. Especially when you're a pale white guy and your daughter's black. It is, can't keep that quiet. But they need to know their story, and you need to be willing to be able to tell that story. And there are some, some really hectic stories. As we sat with the social workers, and they went through a process of showing us why they do things the way they do. So when we went to them for the first time, they said, we have found a match. They first tell you the baby's story. They don't show you a picture. They don't tell you their name. They first tell you the story. We did an exercise with the social workers. They gave each of us a picture of a baby. And they said, based on that picture, and there was a little bit of a story about the baby sleeps all night, doesn't cry, um, drinks bottle. And they said, do you, and it was a beautiful little baby. It's the picture. And they said, would you adopt that baby? And we said, yes, please. Can we have that baby now? And they said, okay, well, let's tell you the background story of that baby. And they're using real stories. That baby was conceived in prison by incest. Do you still want that baby? And my heart was ripped in many, many directions. See, when you go through the process of adoption, they give you a form that has a whole lot of check boxes on it. It's like shopping. You decide what you want and what you don't. You decide on the color of their skin, what kind of hair they have, what the color of their eyes are. You decide what you're up for and what you're not. And after going through that process and understanding what we're really dealing with, God really spoke to Lou and I. And we changed our form. Because actually, we have to trust God in this thing. Those little human beings that are up for adoption did not ask for any of that stuff. They didn't ask for any of it. And I got to thinking, imagine if God went through that process with us. Took out the form took out my form, had a look at that thing, started ticking what he wanted and what he didn't, I'd have no chance. Absolutely no chance. I needed his son's blood to cover my sin so that every checkbox, God would just take that form and tear it up, throw it away. It is done. Yeah. So the pattern has been set. Adoptions do not come from nice, healthy, safe, auspicious situations. And you know what? That's okay. Because there's even more opportunity for God to be glorified in and through that adoption. <laughs> I'm going to ask you to stand.
I want to pray for us this morning. There are a few things we need to pray for. The first is this. I want to ask us to close our eyes. Our first prayer this morning is for every single one of us here this morning. If you have said yes to Jesus, if you have said, I want to be born again, I want to be saved, you said all of those words, I pray this morning that you would seek revelation on your adoption. I pray that the words that have been spoken this morning, these are not my words, these are from the Bible about God the Father adopting us. You need, and, and maybe you've been a Christian for many, many years, and this thing just hasn't settled. I pray this morning it settles because it determines your identity. When you know that you're a son and a daughter, you'll move the mountains. Because your identity is in him. He went to the ends of the earth. He paid the ultimate price so that I could be adopted. That I could be called son of God. I pray this morning that you will have revelation of that adoption this morning. If you don't, I want to encourage you, speak to people, come speak to us. We'd love to pray with you. But there is a pro- you, you need to get on your knees before God and pray. Ask for the Spirit of God to reveal the Father to you because He will. Because He will. He will. If you are here this morning and you have never said yes to Jesus and by so doing been adopted into the family of God, I want to encourage you this morning. Today is the day. I feel like when God speaks to me, He calls me my boy. I've, I, had a, I had a difficult relationship with my father. And I always just wanted to be called my boy. In my 40s, I love hearing God call me his boy. I love it. I want to be his boy. And I bet that every single one of you want to be called his boy, his girl. If you had this morning, you've never said yes to Jesus. I'm giving you this opportunity. You can raise your hand and say yes to Jesus so that the Father in heaven can call you his boy and his girl. Thank you. Thank you, God. Pray this morning, Lord. Thank you for that hand that is raised this morning, Lord. Thank you that you have recognized your daughter. Thank you that she is adopted into your family. Thank you that she has new life. Thank you, Lord, that she is saved by the blood of Jesus Christ. Adopted into the family of God. We worship you this morning, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you for freedom for that lady. I encourage you to come see us after the service. We'd love to pray with you. And we've got something for you as well. Lastly, there are those of you here today you've been thinking about adoption. Maybe you're here today and you've never thought about adoption. And you're a couple this morning and You've been thinking about having kids. And maybe today you kind of 
God's tugging on your heart and letting you know that you need to adopt. He is the provider. We don't worry about finances. He will provide. When we adopted Libby, we couldn't afford to. God has provided. He is a good, good father. But I believe that the church has been called to action. The church has been called to adopt. The situation in South Africa is absolutely dire. There are some records about children that are in the system and available for adoption. There are millions outside of the system. And the fact of the matter is that when we look at this thing, it looks hopeless. The situation absolutely looks hopeless because there are so many children that do not have families. But I don't believe God today is calling us to solve the problem. He's calling us today to love one. He's calling us today to adopt one. That's all we need to do. Adopt one. He will solve the problem. I believe if the church really takes this thing on and actions this thing, there won't be a problem anymore. There won't be a problem. For those of you today whose hearts have been tugged by God, I pray that you take this further. I pray that you begin to put this into action. I pray that you begin to plan because adoption needs planning. I want to encourage you this morning, if you need to, come see us afterwards. We'd love to pray with you. We'd love to talk to you. We've been through it. We have some experience. Ultimately, it's for the glory of God. Amen.